This is an episode of apocalyptic proportions because we're going to be talking about the apocalypse. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Cody. And I wanted specifically to discuss a few different variations on what the Christian end times look like and an interesting relationship that just popped into my head this morning when I was thinking about uh, the end times and secularists in particular. Uh, And I'm not terribly interested in this episode of offering Bible verses uh, in support of my position. I know there are Bible verses, and I think a decent case can be made for any of the eschatological positions. In other words, end times positions. Eschatology refers to the end times and how the world will end up. Uh, But the thing that kind of struck me this morning relates to the idea that, you know, everybody has a religion, even the, uh, the secular world. The secular world has a worldview that they function on that. Uh, and I think ultimately everything kind of turns into religion. And I think we absolutely see that in the secular world. And so I was thinking, what is that eschatology of the of the secular world what's the eschatology of the secular left of the elites of the you know the world economic forum type people who want to uh to drive the world in a certain direction and they see the world going in a certain way um and you know they kind of base their behavior off of that and we should However, we, even as Christians, believe that the world is going to end up, that will change our behavior. If we're making an investment choice, and we believe we could be getting our investment back any day now, we're going to make much more high-risk decisions. If we think we're, uh, we're going to be getting our investment back, or let's say our kids, in 100 years, our investments would also look very different. It would look even more different if we knew that we would get our investment back in 10,000 years. So these things matter, I think. And uh, depending on, you know, if if we know our investment is going to, to increase or decrease over time also makes a difference and matters. Uh, but I'm more interested in the concept of the the secular world's eschatology and I want you to see if this sounds familiar at all to to anything that you might have experience with uh, listening here. So consider this. The secular world generally has a consensus that the world is going to go in a certain way. And that way is uh, famine and war. And the ozone layer will disappear because of all of the carbon emissions and the sun is going to burn up the earth and the glaciers are going to melt by the year 2000. I mean, 2010. I mean, 2020. I mean, you get the idea. (laughs) Uh, Climate change, global warming, increased natural disasters. The world is going to be ripped asunder millions and 
billions of people are going to die. War is going to happen between nation and nation. Uh, it, it doesn't look good. And in this world where we are going in a horrible, awful direction to the secularists, what is the solution? The solution inevitably has to be that one day a Messiah will come to correct all of the evil in the world. And that Messiah is the Messiah of the totalitarian government, or it could be globalization even. But some some God, you know, the most powerful thing in existence, which could be, you know, the, the global government or even the American government or the, the Chinese government, whatever government you're, you know, you, you think will rule the world one day if you're a secularist. That government will swoop in when things are at their worst and rescue the remnant of faithful people who are beholden to the, to the faithful doctrines of communism, whisk them away, and from the heavens will descend a utopian world. A utopian totalitarian government where everyone eats bugs and they are happy, like the World Economic Forum says. That's interesting. It's very pessimistic. It says the world is going to get worse and worse and worse. But then in the end, you know, things are going to look up. There's there's hope. But, you know, I would call that overall pessimistic. Things are not getting better. They're getting worse. And I think if you're familiar at all with any discussion of end times in the Christian world, you would see a correlation with uh, maybe premillennialism is what it's called, or a pessimistic Christian eschatology, which many people believe, and this is how I grew up myself, believing that the world is going to get worse and worse and worse, and then Jesus is going to come back, swoop the, the dirty, filthy remnant of his bride up, resurrect the dead, uh, you know, whisk everyone away like like a t- uh, rescue helicopters out of a losing war in Vietnam and snap his fingers and everything all of a sudden gets better as a as the new kingdom descends out of heaven and comes down and boom everything's different and good all of a sudden but in the meantime right before that there's war and there's famine and the sun goes dark the stars fall from the sky billions of people die um yeah not it's kind of pessimistic right there is a correlation. And I think there are other options. There are, I think, very good biblical cases to be made for an optimistic amillennialism is the other view or a postmillennialism. And you could look those up yourself. Like I said, I'm I'm less interested in giving biblical arguments for those now. I just wanted to look at kind of a practical application of this theology. So here's... <clears throat> Here's what the secularists want. They want the world to end up this way, to leave room for a totalitarian government to come take over, right? They want the world to go in the direction where there's war and famine and whatever, and and powerful people are making this happen. You know, they're doing whatever they can to actually push the world in this direction. Like, look up news about what the uh, World Economic Forum has been talking about the past few years, you know? It's... It's horrible, awful, you know, dystopian future type stuff. 
And then think, if we as Christians, if we hold also a pessimistic eschatology view of the end times, then in some way, we want things to get worse and worse and worse. Because when things are at their worst, that means Jesus comes back. And so I'm not accusing anybody of saying that, well, we I need to be unfaithful to make the world a worse place or strive to somehow make the world a worse place around me to contribute to the world getting worse faster so Jesus comes back. That's not what I'm saying. I think it can be argued inconsistently, but argued nonetheless that, you know, a Christian can be faithful, but intentionally try to keep out of politics or don't focus too deeply on discipleship and instead focus on very quick, shallow evangelism. Because if if Jesus could come back any day now, if things are getting worse and worse, or, you know, hypothetically, if if things will continue to get worse and we're not there yet, but we will be soon, uh, you know, we just want to save as many people as possible and not worrying about discipling the nations instead, as Jesus commanded us to, then in in some way, you know, we might be led to think that we need to uh, c- contribute or at least not hold back the coming of this dark, dark future. And so in a way, if we as Christians have a pessimistic view of the end times, the belief that the world is going to get worse and worse and worse before Jesus returns when it's at its worst, then what that means is that we are actually playing into the hands of the left. We are their allies in the war to destroy the world. (laughs) Because we think, yes, we want the world to be destroyed so Jesus could come back. But What if the opposite were true? You know, what if we actually were consistent when we see the secularists and their secular worldview as the bad guys? And we actually fought against that. Well, we would have to have an optimistic eschatology. We would have to believe that when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, that we actually have the duty to make disciples of all nations. And we would also have to believe in that case that sharing the gospel ultimately in the grand scheme of history is not a losing battle, but it is a winning battle because God gave us this command for a reason. And it would make sense as many of the Bible verses, not only in the Old Testament, but throughout the Bible, testifies that the knowledge of the Lord will one day fill the earth. And it seems like that's going to happen naturally and not just all of a sudden when God snaps his fingers and all of the bad guys are erased and all of the good guys are then given the new kingdom. It seems like it happens maybe differently than that to me. And It also seems like if we believe that, then we are actually consistent when we fight against, or, you know, if we fight against, and we should fight against, the tyrants trying to turn the world away from God. If we're pessimistic in our view of the end times, we, in a way, support them when they are turning the world away from God, because that means Jesus gets to come back sooner. But in an optimistic eschatology, If we believe that we need to disciple the nations and that will actually be a successful mission, 
then fighting against these people will actually bring the world closer to Jesus's return that way, you know, being faithful Christians, having the right beliefs, and also acting that out in a way where we don't lose here actually brings us closer to Jesus's return. And then the people who are pessimistic, who aren't trying to get Christians in government and who think Christian nationalism or just the idea that a Christian nation is a good thing is actually bad to them. And who, you know, think like, oh, I don't want to push my religious sensibilities on other people, even though the entire world is pushing their religious sensibilities on us and we are letting them do it. It doesn't make sense. So all that to say is, I think if you have a pessimistic eschatology, one, either way, you need to do more research about these things because I think the end times is important. I think all of us have some sense that, you know, Jesus probably isn't coming back during our lifetimes. And I would agree with that. But I think if we believe that, we have a tendency to say, well, it doesn't matter. But I think it does matter. And I think, like I said earlier, it it affects our decisions based on when we know we're going to get our investments back, so to speak. So what I would call you to do is to be, I think, the most faithful and consistent follower of Jesus Christ that you can be. You should embrace optimism. Embrace the idea that Jesus Christ is going to win in the end. Not fight a losing battle throughout history and then suddenly come in and and swoop everyone up like helicopters in Vietnam and then win in the end just because he says so. But actually physically fight a winning battle here. That's hopeful to me. It seems like a kind of fake hope, which is what I used to believe. Seems like it's kind of a fake hope to think that, yeah, everything's going to get worse and worse, but, you know, Jesus is going to work it out in the, in the end whenever it does get worse. There is there is a kind of hope in that, I guess, but it's it's a much less real hope than the hope that I have now, which is that, you know, the body of Christ is going to win. The knowledge of the of the Lord filling the earth is actually inevitable. And we can choose to resist that and to fight against it even as Christians. And luckily, God will save us anyway if we profess our faith in Jesus, if we repent and believe. But, you know, how much better is it if we actually join him in his fight the way he commanded us to do? Something to think about. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. God bless. God bless.